Welcome to classical guitar around the world. There are guitar enthusiasts, and then there is Kevin Collins. Kevin has been called warm and entertaining by a New York Times music critic, as well as the American Segovia. Join us now for a journey through the world of classical guitar. Now, here's your host, Kevin Collins. Good afternoon and welcome to Classical Guitar Around the World on the Voice America Variety Network. This is Kevin Collins and this afternoon we're going to get inside the mind of Aaron Larger Kaplan in our middle section, so please stay tuned. Today I'd like to talk about what it takes to be a classical guitarist. Uh, we have what you might consider an exalted exalted position. People think, well, you get to do what you love, and this is a double-edged sword, to coin a phrase, because you have to get up in the morning and love what you do, and as everybody knows, there are days when you just don't want to go to work. So this is uh, something that we have to do every day. We have to get up and figure it out, and figure out how to get motivated, and how to show up on time to practice, to answer the phone, or take messages on our phone. It's, it's just never-ending, and, and that's part of the thrill of it, because it, the bottom line is we all have families to feed, we all have people that depend on us. And to take something as, as wonderful as, as the classical guitar, something with hundreds and hundreds of years of history, and make it into a real, a real viable life, uh, a life that you, you, that you cherish, that you'll do anything to protect, that uh, you, you will put in 50 years on. And, and, and even though progress is very slow, oftentimes progress is hard to, hard to find. I always remember the uh, saleswoman who showed up at my office door. My uh, music school was in a walk-in basement over by the old train station in Amherst, Mass. We're kind of hard to find. So when a salesman shows up at my door, I give them my fullest attention and because they get the prize just for finding me. I know all the I've gotten my uh, suppliers have all come to my door and I've, they've all gotten my business. And I respect that. And this woman showed up at my door and she was so brave. You know, it's, it's rough going out there and going door to door. And right on her clipboard was a picture of her children. And whether she wanted to let me know that that this is who we're, 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 we are working for, we're working for our family, for our children, and we're all in the same boat, or whether she wanted to remind herself uh, every step she takes, this is why I'm doing it. And that's, that's what it comes down to. If you're a guitarist, not only do you have to practice, but you have to show up. You have to show up on time. I like to think of musicians as masters of time because we have to start on time and finish on time. I know I played for years and years in, in restaurants, private clubs, uh, some Leonard Bernstein's favorite restaurant. And when you're playing for Leonard Bernstein's friends and colleagues, you have to be on time. That's the, the base and they know that and they appreciate it. It's a wonderful feeling that you're in time and you're measuring time and that's what music is. Music, music is time. It's notes in time. I like to think of music 
as being like a movie. It's a series of frames. When they're spread up to a certain speed, they tell a story. And that's what we do. We tell stories. We piece together blocks of notes, one after the other. If I played one group of notes for you, you would you wouldn't have any idea what's next or what just came. You wouldn't know what the what this what the story is. You might feel the mood, you might feel the direction, and that's that's the the beauty of music is each note has direction and each note is a voice and it it moves, but it all occurs within time. So that's my my time clock. I when I punch time it's on, I'm on the clock, and the clock is running, and I have a certain amount of time, and it's all about time. I have to show up on time and start on time, but the time starts months in advance because of the level of preparation that goes into a, just, say, a concert. If I have a concert, that's my bread and butter. That's what people want to hear. That's why they come to hear me, is to hear me play the guitar and to experience that. And it, it, takes, it takes months and years of preparation. And it's really the work itself that is the, is the journey. Every day, I've, I have my little list of pieces to practice and I write down what I have to do and I have two minute jobs and five minute jobs and 10 minute jobs and 15 minute jobs. And then at the end of the week, I can look and see what needs work, what I didn't get to. Sometimes things go on every other day schedule and I alternate. And then as I get closer to the concert, I start to put things on, uh, on the, the tape recorder. I don't want to say tape recorder because it's, it's really a digital recorder, but we still call it, call it taping ourselves. And every Thursday, every Thursday morning, I sit down and I tape myself. And that's my concert. And once a week, I, I sit down and play my concert. And then when I show up for the concert, there it is, Thursday morning, all over again. It's uh, it's a rhythm that you get into. And these are these are just things that everybody has to do, no matter if you're a a, a retail worker or a doctor. You're, you we are all working in time, and we all have we have all have our priorities. So. If you want to play guitar, what would you do? Well, hmm, what would you do? Hmm, how would you figure out what the steps are? In, in my experience, the steps come from having your priorities down. Once you have pr your priorities set, the steps will follow. I once paid a, a very nice psychologist uh, to teach me this, and he spent, he spent weeks and months at it. And I was a valuable lesson, and... I have, frankly, I had to hire somebody to train me to do that because I realized that that was, that was going to be the key. I needed to get my priorities straight, and and once you have your priorities straight, you the steps will follow. There's a, even a, even books about this. The uh, something about something something. I keep the book in my uh, in my waiting rooms. Uh, the habits of a highly effective people. And you really, you don't need to buy the book. If you read the foreword, you get the essence of it. But uh, hidden somewhere in the book is, is the, the kernel of the idea. So every now and then pick it up and uh, flip through it. And uh, I call it the magical mystery tour. I open the book and I 
I find something, and if I have a question, I look it up in the glossary or the contents, and uh, and I'll read another section. Uh, I go on a magical mystery tour. It's uh, just just often just knocking on the door is enough. They say, just showing up and asking the question is enough. For me, I I've had a lot of different jobs around the guitar. My mother worked in employment and training for the state of Massachusetts for many years, and she helped literally thousands of people find jobs. And so I always have mom advice. And some mom advice that I'll share with you is uh, every 10 years, people change careers. And the reason for this is burnout. And burnout is the biggest trap in any job. When I started my music school, sitting here in Amherst, Massachusetts at the Red Barn Music School, please check us out at redbarnmusic.com. I I took out a 20-year lease because I knew that after 20 years, people retire. And here we are in year 21, and I'm chomping at the bit. But lo and behold, I have a new job, a new career. I'm a radio talk show host on the Voice America Network, on the Variety Channel. And I get to work with great guys, with Steve and Aaron and Matt. And I'm part of a, a... about 75 people all over the country who work on this show 24-7, and I belong to a group, and that's that's uh, that's what gets me going every time I do this show. I know that people are uh, on my case to get things in sooner, and trust me, I have a week off. I was going to take a vacation, and my idea of a vacation is to play guitar and to do guitar and to do this radio show. So with a little luck, I'm going to get ahead of the ball. Is that the... Is that is that the metaphor? That's a mixed metaphor. I'm going to get behind the eight ball. No, I'm going to. Well, you know what I'm trying to say. I'm going to get on top of my game. This is all the stuff that we talk about, and you have to be constantly cheering yourself on because a lot of the times, a lot of the time, you're you're the only one around to to cheer yourself on. So. You know, there's lots of things they say, what Pogo said, whatever Pogo said. There's endless, endless things, and it's just a constant reminding. I'm always, I think of, I think of myself as the teacher, and I am my teacher. And when I show up at the practice mirror in the morning, and trust me, I have to get there early or I'll, I'll never make it. And the person who shows up in the mirror, he's my teacher. And I'll tell you something about that guy. He's never late. He's always there waiting for me. And so my job is to not be late because he is there and he's waiting for me. I'm the person that delivers the guitarist. I get him up in the morning, I get him his coffee and sit him down to get his exercises and stretching out of the way and start to do his scales before I wake up too much. Because if I'm too awake, uh, you know, the the day starts to creep in. So I've got to get my uh, exercises and scales in early before I before the world starts to intrude. This is a little a little secret, you know. I've got that little 10, 15 minutes of coffee. I've got to get my stretching, and then I get my scales done, and then I'm ready to go. This is a trick I learned. I call it 
do your five. In, I, I tell my students, just show up. Put your guitar where you can, you're going to trip on it and just show up. And then after you've done your five minutes, you can keep going. Keep going if you want to, but if you don't get to the, you don't, if you don't, if you can't do more, then by all means, next tomorrow you can look at yourself and say, well, yesterday I, I did my five and today I'm going to do more. The, the worst thing for me is when I have a day and I go like, oh shoot, I didn't practice yesterday. This is going to take forever to warm up. I'm going, this is going to be terrible. I just dread that. It's that feeling alone is enough to get me up in the morning and to get me to practice. And if I don't practice, I get really annoying. People will find me really annoying. And grumpy, I guess is the word. So if I'm grumpy, you know the solution is, Kevin, go practice. Go to your room. Yeah, I always remember that. You know how when you're a kid... You have a nickname that people call you. My nickname was go to your room. And guess what was in my room waiting for me? My guitar. Darn, what a terrible thing. Go to your room. So that's the, that's the slogan that I live by. Go to your room. Kevin, go to your room. Okay, I'm going to be uh, going to commercial in a minute. And uh, we're going to be talking to my buddy Aaron Large Kaplan. Aaron's... Uh, uh, I just, I just, I just adore him. Aaron's uh, from Colorado. If you've never lived there, I lived in Aspen, on and off for ten years, and so I know how they say it. It's Colorado, and Aaron's from Colorado, and he understands the attitude. The, the, um, I'm not going to say what John Denver said, but uh, you're going to enjoy talking to Aaron. We sit down and have a cup of coffee and uh, just talk about work, what it takes to get up in the morning. Why would anyone take a job that's 70 hours a week? How, what, that must be the greatest job in the world, and that's the way I look at it. So we're going to talk to Aaron in a few minutes, and uh, please come and join me. I'm going to commercial now. Uh, this is Kevin Collins on classical guitar uh, around the world on the Voice America Variety Network. I'll be right back. Stay with me. So the question I have is, what is classical guitar? Is it a calling? Is it a calling? Are, is, are people called to the guitar? Is it, does, it, does it beckon to you? Does it hypnotize you? Does it demand your attention? Sometimes I think of myself as the a priest of the guitar because I, I really don't play guitar for myself. I play for other people. When I play a concert, I'm, I'm, giving, I'm giving the music to, to people and, and sharing it with them. And that's really what it is. When, when I learn a, a, learn a piece of music, it's a, it takes a certain number of hours. And, uh, you know, I have to look at a piece of music and figure, well, is this a 40-hour piece? Is this a 10-hour piece? Can I learn this two weeks in advance and play it at the concert and then forget it? You know, there's uh, different levels of learning, and that's my job is I'm constantly learning. The per performance is, is the, the blossom of the flower at the end. 
it's the blooming of the of the music and to take that to people and to share that moment it takes a lot of timing to have something that's ready on time that I don't want to and this is a problem I don't want to peak I don't want to peak uh, two weeks before and then burn out warming up for the concert. It has to be on time, and it comes right down to the wire. This is uh, like driving a Ferrari. It's, a, um, it's got its twists and turns over months and years. Uh, the good classical guitar, I, I just want to tell you, I, I just really enjoy sharing this with you. And the journey is everything. The journey is everything. Okay, I am actually going to go to commercial break now in about a minute, and um, I hope you will stick around. I have the interview with Aaron Larger Kaplan coming up. Aaron's a Boston guitarist, and we just so every time we see each other, we just start laughing. It's a I call it what you will a Buddhist moment, but uh, you're going to love Aaron and uh, stick around and. Uh, Come back and I'll be with you on the other side of the interview. This is Kevin Collins on classical guitar around the world on the Voice America Variety Network. We'll be back in a few minutes. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Tune in every Friday to get your weekend kickoff early. Join the legendary G. Keith Alexander Xander, Xander, for What's Hot Harlem America. The flagship show of the new Harlem America Digital Network has something for everyone. From the latest in entertainment to empowerment, health and wellness, and more, we'll bring you a variety of fresh viewpoints, voices, and ideas. What's Hot Harlem America with G. Keith Alexander can be heard every Friday at 1 p.m. in New York and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. Join Chris Epting every week for the moment. Chris talks to some of the most amazing people you'll ever meet, including authors, artists, and athletes. And that's just the A-list. These celebrities and public figures have interesting stories that all showcase the moments that their lives took a certain dramatic turn, changing them forever and shaping them to be the person that they were meant to be. Listen for The Moment with Chris Epting, Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to Classical Guitar Around the World with Kevin Collins. To find out more about the program, visit our website at classicalguitarworld.com. That's classicalguitarworld.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome to Classical Guitar Around the World on the Voice America Variety Network. This is Kevin Collins. And today, we're going to be talking to Aaron Kaplan-Larger about what it's like to be a classical guitarist. Aaron, can you hear me now? 
right? Are you recording? Ah, there we go. Larger Kaplan. Indeed. We would like to be closer to a microphone so that we're pretty much at the same level. Do you have a mic handy? No, yeah, give me one minute to get that set. Okay, let's see. Can you okay. hear me? Do you see how close my microphone is to my face? I can also turn up the gain if that. No, 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 no. You want it in your face, right in your face. This is. Yeah, this is. Is that better? Um, I need to get some. Oh, maybe if I plugged in my headphones, that would help, huh? <laughs> the biggest time consuming part of this has been removing the us, likes, and, and, and. So I will uh, try and no. uh, not and to <laughs> no, do uh, that. No, no. <laughs> I know that usually shows like this have a producer and they give you a stack of cards with questions to ask. I don't do well. I do much better spontaneous. Okay. It's much more interesting. If you okay. stop and torture me occasionally, listeners love to hear me at a loss for words. I don't think that happens very often. I've actually done this both ways where I interview people and I love being interviewed and I love finding out about other people's. Uh, there's a lot about you I don't know. Is there anything you don't want me to ask about? Now, why would I tell you a thing like that? <laughs> I'm an open like. book, Aaron. What topics do you want to chat about? Do you want to talk about business? Do you want to talk about guitar tech, uh, favorite pieces? Is like, or just to let it happen and go from there. I'll let you ask the first question. The premise of the show was what do we as artists, you know, we have an exalted position in the world. We get to do what we love and succeed at it to a certain extent. So a lot of people wish they were us. But I know that the musician as self-producer is two full-time jobs. Do you have any tricks that you use to keep focused? Um, I'll look at my checking account. That's always a wonderful inspiration and be like, got to work on that one. But on a daily basis, yeah, I have a calendar, a practice calendar that I keep. And so I always have something to look at in part because it is a daily grind. It's great at the end of the week to say, yeah, I actually did practice this week or at the end of the month to say I did complete what I needed to complete. It's a psychological thing, most of all. And then the business side, which is usually three to four hours a day. It's not hard for me to be doing 70 hours a week. That's not very glamorous. You know, people picture you're the artist and we get up in the morning and we wait for inspiration to appear over a cup of coffee. Well, coffee goes without saying. I think we're both yeah, agree I, on that. Yes. There's something wonderful about the process of making a cup of coffee. In my case, I'm a big espresso cappuccino fan. And it always comes down to coffee. Let's take a break now and listen to some classical guitar music. This is Cancion de Cuna, performed here by Leo Brower, who is also the composer. This is Kevin Collins on the Voice America Variety Network. I'll be right back. Thank you. 
Welcome back to Classical Guitar Around the World. This is Kevin Collins on the Voice America Variety Network. We just heard Pansion de Cuna by Leo Brower. Today I'm talking to Aaron Larger Kaplan, wonderful Boston guitarist, two guys having a chat over coffee. <laughs> the easiest part of what we do, I think, is being on stage and even practice is once one makes peace with one's abilities and where one needs to work, um, that balance of being the teacher and the student at the same time, the, the easiest part is getting on stage. You know, and it's also the most fun. You know, that for me, if I don't practice, I'm a monster. That's the one part of the romance where it's like, my wife loves it. She hears it all the time. And she does like to go to concerts and hear her piece fully and without metronome. But it is a, a balance of how we move in this life. And I, I actually, what I love about this show is that you're, you are pulling that curtain back because the the greatest musicians I know, they practice the most. I mean, hours, years and years. I didn't come to guitar, classical guitar, till I was 16 years old. I had played electric guitar before. My family, my mom and I talk about it often. She had no idea what it took to be a musician. And so just said, okay, I trust you, I guess. I was the first in my family to do it. I'm still learning whether I make it as far as I want. I don't know. We'll see. But I'm here today. I'm still playing. I'd like to pause for a minute. I'm going to play another track by last week's guest, John Lehmannhaupt, New York City guitarist. This is Ashokan Farewell, arranged and performed by John Lehmannhaupt. This is Kevin Collins on the Voice American Network. Classical guitar around the world. We'll be right back.
Welcome back to Classical Guitar Around the World. This is Kevin Collins on the Voice America Variety Network. We're listening to John Lehmanhaupt, New York City guitarist, performing his arrangement of Ashokan Farewell. Today, I'm talking to Aaron Larger Kaplan, Boston guitarist, having a chat over coffee. Welcome back. We listen to as many people as we can and and allow that to happen. With editions, publications, I have editions of John Cage and mm-hmm. arrangements of Spanish pieces. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you I published. think, you know, if you're, yeah, if you're old enough, my, my thing is when I meet students in a master class and they're giving me an edition of uh, Segovia, Bream, or, uh, you know, Isbin or Gilia, you know, it, they're wonderful places to start and you should look at three versions of each piece and then if you're old enough to die for your country you're old enough to make your own edition and die for your edition sit there and tell me why you chose that fingering why are you doing a scale when it's an arpeggio why are you doing an arpeggiated scale why what colors are we doing what bass notes are we doing these are things that sadly because the university is a semester system which has deadlines just like oh my god i have 14 weeks to learn this hour and a half program That's really hard to do, to stop and ask questions. But if music is truly about a lifetime endeavor, there's ample time. And to ask those questions as early as possible is really the learning process. We say, who are we as an artist? Are we creating artists? Are we just creating people who are going to copy the people above them? But why would someone hire me if I'm playing Sharon Isbin's repertoire? Because she's going to do a much better job than I am of playing her repertoire. This is how the world becomes full of music. And there's no getting tired of listening to people. We're going to go to commercial break now. I'd like to play us out with this track from Aaron Larger Kaplan's new lullaby album, Contemporary Solos for the Guitar. This is Leaky Roof by Jonathan Feist, performed by Aaron Larger Kaplan. This is Kevin Collins on the Voice America Variety Network. A classical guitar around the world will be right back.
follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Get ready to go inside the lives of some of the top recording artists the music industry has known. Join host Troy Bronstein every week as he becomes a prince among queens. Troy discusses the careers and past, present, and future projects from these artists. And if there's time on each show, you just might hear some performance gems as well. Listen for Prince Among Queens every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time and 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to Classical Guitar Around the World with Kevin Collins. To find out more about the program, visit our website at classicalguitarworld.com. That's classicalguitarworld.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Classical Guitar Around the World. This is Kevin Collins on the Voice America Variety Network. Today we're talking about what it takes to be a classical guitarist and what does that mean to someone like me who just has to go to work and do his job and at the end of the day feel good about about what I did. This is a, this is a wonderful job. It's uh, I've people always say to me, you'll never get rich doing this, but I'll tell you, I'm wealthy beyond words. The, the joy that I, I get in my work every day makes it all worth it. There's been slow times and there's been high times, but uh, I've always had the guitar. It's always been there. Now, I'm thinking back to uh, when I first went to Aspen, Colorado, I went there in the summertime for the uh, Aspen Music Festival and music school. Uh, the great, great classical guitarist Oscar Gilia, who you, whose name you will hear on my show over and over. He was actually my guest on the first show, and I, I hope you'll take a minute and uh, check out Oscar and Elena on uh, episode one of Classical Guitar Around the World. But anyways, I, I first saw Oscar on public TV. That's what we called it back then. We called it public TV. And um, he was giving a, uh, a piece all about the Aspen 
music school guitar program and I watched the concert. I sat in front of the TV like 12 inches, just glued to the set. And then when they played it again, like on Thursday at 6.30, I made sure I was there. And I, I just sat there and I, and, I, and I memorized it and I drank it in. And then I had the good fortune to go to summer camp and there was a fellow there who played classical guitar. He was a he was a full-blown professional level player and we must have been 14 13 14 and so every day every day for an hour after after lunch he would sit and he would you know what we call show me show me this uh, beautiful piece that he played and that I, I had always had loved. My parents had the Segovia records. And yes, you will hear you will hear the name Segovia over and over because we owe everything to Segovia. And Segovia comes from the same region in Spain as Casals and Picasso, that little area of in uh, Catalonia. And uh, so we have such a, a great a great tie to all of that art and that richness through the guitar. And so I went to Aspen and it was it was heaven. We we uh, camped out in a little clump of uh, aspen trees, a tiny little aspen grove next to the uh, music tent. Uh, set up a little pup tent at night, and at night I went to sleep listening to uh, some great pianist rehearsing piano, and well, of course, piano. And then in the morning, wake up to orchestra rehearsals, and there was a little irrigation ditch there. could get refreshed and pack up the tent, and uh, a very kind person was let us use her house during the day. My my partner at the time was a clothing designer, and she sewed clothes for the local designer shop and designed her own Aspen label clothing of such creativity. Uh, and then every day, go to class and listen to Oscar. And then I I met I met all the most wonderful players. You're going to hear about Elliot Fisk on this program. And I met Elliot when he was 16 and showed up at the class. And we all sat around in a classroom at the uh, elementary school. And Elliot played and Oscar played and, and lots of other people who I hope you get to meet on this on this show. Uh, it's uh, such a such a uh, introduction to the guitar, and I, I hope that you, you come back and, and join me as, as we grow into this, and you can meet more and more of, of those wonderful, interesting people, um, what my mother would call someone you would want to sit next to in the airport and have a conversation with, and that's what we're going to be doing. We're going to be sitting and having conversations with these very interesting people. So I went to the Aspen Music Festival. I I played guitar and uh, I met Oscar. And then the next year I went back to uh, Amherst, Massachusetts. It was 1973 and the economy tanked. I was lucky that I was able to get through the year okay. But at the end of the year, uh, I knew I had to get moving. And so where else could I go but back to Aspen? So come June again, I packed up, packed up my uh, guitar and headed off to Aspen and then started taking the music festival. And that was the year that I, I stayed over when I lived through the winter. And that was, that was something because I, I had a background of, of 
playing in restaurants. When I was 15, I went and sat in a little restaurant in this college town and played my guitar. It was such a tiny little restaurant. I sat on the cooler between the coffee and the silverware. If someone needed to get some ice cream, I had to get up and move. And it was as intimate as you can get. I could reach out and, and touch people. In fact, people generally were bumping into me on their way through. But that's what playing in a restaurant is like. You're in the milieu. Is that how you say it? So you're in, you're in, you're in it. You're in it. It's, it's in you. You feel it. Um, plus, I love, I love food. My mother's the most wonderful cook. I think I have her old New York Times cookbook. I saved it because every page has food on it. She worked her way through the New York Times cookbook. You, um, so anyway, that's my life in restaurants. So that year I went back to Aspen, I ended up playing in a restaurant with a bunch of fellows from Austin, Texas. And uh, as it turns out, uh, it was John Denver's old restaurant. And I spent the winter sitting in John Denver's chair, playing for all of John Denver's people and the record producers and everybody else who came through. And I met the president of Columbia Records and and uh, I met the trustees of the Hart School of Music, my alma mater, I've, any number of people that, that managed to come through. This has always been, to me, my approach is rather than going on the road for 16 weeks a year uh, to simply go someplace and let them come to me. And uh, this is what uh, restaurant playing was. What you learn is everybody has a place where they where it's easier for them to make money. They're, the archetypal uh, Saturn presence, the archetypal father of work. Your father is archetypal, archetypally the person who teaches you to work. And the easiest place for me to work was around food. So I made a life out of it. Um, it turns out that a, a two-hour... Uh, Two hours sitting in the chair in the restaurant, it amounts to a full concert. And I approached it that way. I played the full concert repertoire. And I played it at the top of my ability and I prepared and uh, I, I put on a show and I, I never let up. And this was my goal. Uh, when you look at the, the old timers, the old Rubenstein and and. Segovia, how did they become world famous at a time when you had uh, uh, three channels on the TV and uh, you could only buy a vinyl record if the local music store happened to carry it or if your parents were like my parents and they loved the music and they bought the records and played them all the time. So I, I guess I was lucky in that way that I was immersed in it from an early age. My father uh, played the classical guitar. We saw, now you won't believe this, the movie, The Sound of Music. And at the end of The Sound of Music, you'll see the, darn, I wish I could say his name. And he stands there on the hill and he plays the, the classical guitar. And that little guitar was made by the Goya company. It was a Swedish com company. It was made in the tradition of Swedish furniture. 
and it was a Goya G10. And I know that because that's the guitar that my father got. And interesting, interesting uh, note, if you see a picture of Leonard Nimoy playing the guitar, he is playing the Goya G10, my first guitar. And I was lucky in that way. And then on top of it, my father being, my father, uh, a great, a great engineer. He designed the first uh, communication satellite, the Echo. Uh, he actually got to design that 100-foot Mylar balloon that they bounced microwaves off of. And you can imagine that, standing out behind the building, looking up at the sky and seeing Dad's satellite go blinking across the sky. Uh, and Dad, being Dad, went out and bought the well, there was only one book available in 1963, and that was the Aaron Schur. Well, no, this was more like 1958. Yeah, that's more like it, 1958. He bought the book and brought it home and started play, working out of it. And me, being the good son, I copied it. I copied everything. And so I was lucky that from the very beginning, I uh, adopted a... Uh, a good hand position. It was uh, based on principles of avoiding injury, um, and uh, and I just copied Dad, and it was really the best the best teacher I could have. If I ha have to say my first teacher was was my father, and uh, I'm always grateful for that, for his presence in my life, and for that gift. He also played the flute, and I played the clarinet. You know, you remember that movie, uh, the, the 76 Trombones, The Music Man? Well, after that, I knew I had to play a band instrument. And sure enough, you know, uh, in school, you, they ask you what, what you're going to be when you grow up. And um, and my father, getting up, staying on sub topic here, my father had had a career as, a, as an amateur magician. You know, we have pictures of him in his tuxedo holding the rabbit over the hat. And he had a whole chest of magic tricks. And I adopted his chest and learned all of his tricks. And so when they asked me, what do you want to be when you grow up? I said, I want to be a magician. So ready for this? Uh, they got, so for Christmas, I got a clarinet. Ba-dump. So, uh, I picked, I picked up the clarinet and dad played the flute and my mother was a wonderful pianist. It turns out that she had taken lessons from the personal assistant of Edvard Grieg. And uh, I think everybody knows Hall of the Mountain King. I'm not going to sing it for you, but uh, you can Google that if you're not sure what Hall of the Mountain King is, because it's by Edvard Grieg. And his assistant was my mother's piano teacher. So imagine that. Uh, and so we had our little trio, flute, clarinet, and piano. We had a room in the house, the music room, and that's where we kept our instruments, you know. It was just uh, like the family room. I think everybody should have a place in their house for music. When I teach, teach guitar, kids come in and no one in the family plays guitar. Well, on the other hand, all the musicians in town send their kids to me to take lessons because they know they can't teach their own kids. So I get I get both 
both groups. And for the people who don't have music in the house, having someone take guitar lessons is the most wonderful thing. And I tell the kids, put the music, put your guitar where you're going to trip over it, leave it out. And every day, if you have to, let's see, what do I say? Oh, yeah. You eat dinner every day, right? Yeah. And then I say, so if you always practiced before dinner, you would always practice, right? And they go, yeah. And what do you usually hear in the kitchen? Uh, some pots, right? And so if you, when you hear those pots, you got your guitar and sat down in the next room and did your practicing, somebody in the kitchen would be very happy, wouldn't they? And there's usually a mom or a dad standing there, and they get this very happy look on their face. And there you have it. In the first lesson, you have your very first gig, playing for the pots rattling in the kitchen. When the pots rattle, it's practice time. And, you know, sometimes it works out, but I, I like that story. And it, it gives, gives, the, uh, gives kids the idea that there's a time to practice and that they need to have a time and they need to have a place. They need to have their chair. They need to have a little table for a drink or to put their music on. And they've got to have a place to put the guitar, their studio. And they have to have a clock because music is in time and you need to know where you are and what time it is because we are the masters of time. Now, it's a long journey from the first time I sat in the chair with a guitar and looked at my hands and looked at the page and translated that and turned it into something that came from my heart. And that process of, of taking the music off the page or of creating something new of picturing it in my mind, of hearing a sound and finding it on the guitar. It's, it's all about finding the, finding the music on the guitar. My friend, uh, my friend Ruth is a wonderful, wonderful uh, award-winning uh, uh, painter. Uh, Ruth Sanderson, I had the pleasure of playing her gallery opening at the uh, Rockwell Museum, uh, which is dedicated to illustrating. If you're ever if you're ever up in Lenox, Massachusetts, you definitely should go to the uh, Rockwell Museum. Everybody knows Rockwell, I assume, and uh, and so I got to play at her opening. And Ruth was in my first guitar class, my first college class. I taught uh, at a local community college when I was 17. And uh, that was uh, an, an, a nice wake-up call to the world of classical guitar to be taken seriously like that at that early age. And so what I discovered is you have, I call it the racehorse analogy, you have the racehorse, and you have all the people that work around the racehorse. You've got the stable, the owners, the the jockeys. And but what it comes down to is, no one wants to be the racehorse. So that's what we are. We are, we are the racehorse. But we have to 
maintain our ourselves and keep 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 ourselves interested and i hope that i hope that you will follow this journey follow me on this journey as as we delve into what it's like to be a classical guitarist and to hear the most beautiful music ever played on the guitar or on any instrument i think and next week i'm going to i'll be back here i'm going to bring a couple of my students to come in and talk about what it's like to play the classical guitar and to play some of their guitar music for you and i hope that you'll come back and join us again this is kevin collins on classical guitar around the world on the voice america variety network and i'll see you next week thanks for coming in and thanks for sticking with us see you soon Thank you for tuning in to this week's edition of Classical Guitar Around the World. Kevin Collins and another one of his amazing guests will continue our discussion next Tuesday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time and 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Won't you join us then? Thanks again for listening to the